Good morning, gentlemen. How's everybody doing? Did you have a good uh, 2019? Yeah, we had a really good 2019. At the beginning of every year, we pray and ask God for a word. You know, that's going to set the year apart. And last year, we prayed for uh, a word, and God said, multiply. And to that date, the most decisions we've had for Jesus for a year was about 27,000, somewhere around there. Last year, 2019, we had over 100,000 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. And the word he gave me for this year was destroy. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good year. Hulk smash. Um. We had a couple uh, missions trips back to back. We flew to Nepal, were there for 10 days, came back for three days and went to Cambodia. I want to share some pictures with you guys. Uh, this is in Nepal, and uh, this is a Hindu nation, and there was so much demonic activity and healings, people jumping out of beds. Next picture. Uh, this, this guy was crippled. And they brought him in on a mat, and he's got in a chair, and then he ended up walking around. There was so many healings. It was, it was awesome. Next picture. Uh, skip that picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's people just crying out for the Lord, getting healed. Mike grew up in there. Fancy scarves we got there, huh? Yeah. Next picture. Oh, yeah, we had, uh, we had about... Um, 40,000 people get born again in 10 days. Next picture. Yeah, that was our little, uh, our little advertisement. I took that one home. Next picture. Yeah, it's just, it was just crazy. People, people would come in, and uh, the presence of God was so strong. We prayed for people for over two and a half hours afterward. Next picture. And that's our host, Pastor Don Lama. He's a church planter. So when we do missions trips, we don't just do one, one and gone. We, we partner with uh, organizations and churches that are, that are actively tr- plant, planting churches. Next picture. Yeah, and that's good. It's good. Good with the pictures. All right. So um, I want to talk to you guys this morning about emotion. Energy and motion. God gave us emotions to help move us so that we would move toward our our purpose, our destiny. He gave us emotions to enjoy life and to energize us. Emotions are like fuel, but the enemy can use emotions to stop us. God uses emotions to move us, and the enemy uses emotions to stop us or to slow us down. Uh, in uh, Ephesians 6.12, it says, Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Our warfare is not against people. Okay. That, that, that brother, that sister that you're holding the grudge against, that's not your enemy. The enemy is the devil. He's your enemy. He's the only enemy we have on the face of this planet. And the enemy has weaponized emotions against us to keep our focus off of God and off of our purpose 
and our plan that he has for us and our destiny. Because if he can distract us by getting our focus on people instead of him, then he can make you ineffective. See, the devil can't kill you or you'd be dead already. So he'll steal from you. He'll do everything he can. If he can't push you out of the back of the boat, he'll push you out of the front of the boat. That's a whole different sermon right there. But, you know, motions, they also, they're like a filter that you see through. You know, uh, video people, people who are into video, they got different lenses you can put on a camera that will make the picture turn out uh, a way that they want to. Well, your emotions are the same way. Your emotions are a filter that you see through. You see life through. I, I can tell people, I can walk up to them and I can read their countenance and it don't take a gift of discernment to do that. <laughs> you know, the guys who gargle with uh, pickle juice in the morning. <laughs> All you got to do is listen to them open their mouth a little bit and you, 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 you can tell what, what, what their predominant emotion is, what their filter is, the way they see life. You can either see it positively or negatively. And those, those filters distort the image that you're seeing. Our emotions can distort the way we see our situation, the way we see our God, the way we see other people, the way we see our future. Because that's what the enemy's after. He's after your destiny. He wants to steal your destiny from you. He can't stop you from going to heaven, but he wants to steal your destiny. And he wants to steal your rewards. First mm, 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 mm. John 3.8, but the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. There's two, well, the enemy uses two main emotions. Depression and bitterness are two of his main weapons that he uses, especially against men. Because we're not really emotional creatures. And the enemy, when you don't know who you are, that's when hopelessness starts coming in. When you don't know who you are, whose you are, it's hard to see where you're going. Jesus was attacked by the enemy, and the enemy attacked him right at the core of who he was, his identity. If you're the son of God. In the beginning, when he caused Adam and Eve to fall, he said, did God really say? See, doubt is a pathway to depression. When the enemy can get you to doubt God's word because circumstances seem contrary to what his word says, because your feelings, your emotions, the way you see things, your filter, let me tell you, your filter does not dictate who he is. The word of God dictates who he is. The word of God is heaven's filter for our lives. We should put on the word of God as our filter. And I'm not saying deny emotions, but don't let your emotions control you. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> the enemy is terrified of you. That's why he uses fear as a weapon also, because he is terrified of you. 
He's terrified of you finding out who you are, what you have, and the power that's available to you. Hmm. He wants to do everything he can to keep you from discovering that. It's like if you had an inheritance from some uh, billionaire and he would do every legal tactic to keep you from getting that inheritance even though it belongs to you. Well, heaven has given us an inheritance. He's given us his name. He's given us his blood. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his gifts. He's given everything. He's poured out all of heaven into us. And it's not just to sit around and go through the nine to five. It is to destroy the works of the enemy. Not only in your life, but in the lives of people around you. God wants us to partner with him in expanding his kingdom on the earth. And he can't do that if we're caught up in our own mess. When we're focused on self, that's when we can tend to get really depressed. Mm-hmm, I'm about to. <laughs> but one of the best ways to get yourself out of depression is focus on others. You have a need somewhere, find somebody who's got a greater need, start praying and interceding for them. Yeah, you know something I did? I don't make uh, New Year's resolutions. I, don't, I just don't. Um, I'm just committed to living a lifestyle. But one thing I started to do was I, I got an app. I don't have my phone with me. But I got an app that um, every time somebody asks me for prayer or I see it on Facebook, I got an app and I put their name in there and I pray immediately. Because I noticed that for so many times I've used the cliche, hey, I'll be praying for you. And I didn't pray. <laughs> and y'all don't pray either. <laughs> so the pray first campaign, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm getting, that thing's getting filled up. It's got me working a lot. When I, you get your focus on other people's needs, it lessens yours. Because what you focus on is what you magnify. It's a filter. Um, Proverbs 13, 12 says, when hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. In the New King James Version, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Huh. You know, um, in 2013, it's probably the worst year of my life. I had a stroke at the age of 40, and... Uh, you know, they, they said I had damage in two areas of my brain. My speech center was all but gone. And, and then my prefrontal cortex, which is the area that regulates your strength. So the enemy attacked me in the two areas I use most in ministry, my mouth and my muscles. And I was out of there in five days. The doctors were amazed. They were like, how are you even uttering sounds, let alone speaking? I said, well, I got respect for physicians, but I get my opinions from the great physician. <laughs> and he didn't call me. <laughs> to get taken out by any stroke or anything else. I got, a, I got a plan and I got a destiny and I'm going to fulfill it. But what I wasn't prepared for was something called post-stroke depression because I'm a positive guy. I'm uber positive, drive my wife nuts. My filter is up all the time. If a tornado blew a roof off my house, I'd be like, cool, we got a convertible crib now. 
That's how positive I am. <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for this post-stroke depression. I mean, I went down the rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? It was not good. I almost lost everything, my family, my ministry, everything. It was the worst year of my life until we had a confrontation and some friends of mine, one of their wives got in my face and said, do you know what your problem is? You forgot who you are. That's what your problem is. Boom, like a two by four square between the eyes. And I said, yeah, I have forgotten who I am. It's not so much about what you're doing or not doing. It's about who you are. If you know who you are, you don't have to worry about your behavior that much. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Somebody who's confident in their identity, you can see it in their life. I've forgotten who I was. I had to get my identity back. I had to, to, I don't like that word reinvent. I had to rediscover. I had to get back to the basics. And God has been, but now he's given me such a passion because one of, you know, your strength and your weakness are on the same continuum. Can somebody relate to that? You can be really strong and, and the weakness and the strength is on the same continuum. My positivity was a strength for me, but it was also a detriment to ministry because I'd be praying for people I pray for people. I travel all over the world, all over different churches. And I'd be praying for people. They'd be coming up asking for prayer. And I'd say, what do you need prayer for? And they'd be like, I need prayer for depression. And I would never say this to them, but inwardly I'd be thinking, you live in America. What do you got to be depressed about? Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> that was my attitude. That was my inner attitude. But having gone through depression myself, I had a whole new level of empathy for people who are going through it. And God has been doing some crazy cool stuff in the ministry with people who are suffering from depression. Depression is designed to depress you. To steal your hope, steal your joy, which is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Right? And to get you to focus on you and only you and magnify all your problems and issues instead of the focus should be on him where you magnify him and all of his solutions. And one of his twins is bitterness because you start losing hope, you start questioning, you start going inward, then you go out, you start focusing on others, but it's not positive. Well, I'm in this situation because of this person did this to me. I'm in this situation because of what happened, because of so-and-so did this and did that. And then you get a root of bitterness, which defiles your entire soul. And I feel led of the Holy Spirit right now that some guys in here have been holding on to some grudges. Been holding on to some grudges. Trust me, I held on to a few in my time in 2013, 14, 15. <laughs> you know those situations you run through your head over and over and over of the person who did you wrong, stabbed you in the back, whatever it was. Scenarios you run through your head of payback, putting them in their place, whatever it is. Yep. 
They continually take up your thinking. And the whole time the enemy is laughing at you. You know the best thing you can do for your, your enemy? Pray for him. Bible says like pouring hot coals on them. I don't know about y'all, but you pour hot coals on somebody in, the, in reality, you're going to jail. <laughs> you can do it in the spirit. So everybody bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Ooh. <laughs> some of you men need to lay some of those grudges down. You need to lay them down. It's time to let go and let God work in you and through you right now. Because your year can be a blessed one or it can be a not so blessed one. So if you, if you, if you have, if you've been hanging on to some grudges in your heart and you want to let them, let them go right now, I want you to stand up right where you're at. Just stand up. Don't let, that, don't let that heaviness hold you down, man. Don't let it. Take a stand right now. That's right, that's right. That's right, take a stand. Because you're about to release something and he's about to fill you with something. <laughs> oh. Now there's a few more of you. A few more. Holy Spirit. Some of you may be struggling in your mind. I just can't forgive them. It's been so long. I've had this thing for many years. Let me tell you, one day of God's favor. <laughs> Come on, anybody else? You've been holding on to something against somebody? Okay. Okay, men who are standing, I want you to raise your hands toward heaven. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father God, this day I come before you and I confess that I've been disobedient to you. You have forgiven me you have loved me. You have blessed my life. And you simply ask me to forgive, to release. Father will forgive me for hanging on to unforgiveness, to bitterness. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release Say their names. Fill them, Jesus. Fill them, 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 fill them. 
Holy Spirit is coming over you right now as you're releasing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now I want you to begin to pray for him right now. Pray for him as the Spirit of God is filling you up. Pray for him. Pray for him with all your heart. Pray for him. Bless him, Jesus. Prosper him, Jesus. Not prayers of show them what they did wrong. Bless them. More, more, Jesus. More, more, more. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, let's give the Lord a big round of applause. We're, we're, we only got two minutes left, but um, l- l- let me tell you that there's only, there's only one group of people who can offend me on this planet, my wife and kids. <laughs> They're the closest to me. <laughs> They're the only ones who can. Nobody else can offend me. You can do offensive things toward me, but you ain't going to offend me. You're going to get me praying for you. <laughs> Because walking in power is not about the miraculous. Walking in power is walking offenseless. That's true power. That's true power. When people can do offensive things and it's like water on a duck's back. Because I'm not going to let anything or anyone occupy the space that belongs to the Holy Ghost. This is no bueno. Now, is it a rough battle? Is it a battle? Yes, there's times where I'm like, mm, <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> but I'm not letting it get in. And so don't let it in your hearts either, guys. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Have a great, great week.